everyone, and welcome to season three of Dallas Hoops Fancast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm here with my co-host, Martin. No. I don't know <laughs> I why you, you delayed, okay? I you. Yes, I am here. Thank you. <laughs> you sounded as, that was a, as strong of a statement as the Mavs statement jersey. Yes. Yes, I am here. I am here. Thank you. Um, okay, Mavericks Media Day was yesterday, or Monday, depending on when you're listening to this. We're going to share and discuss our five most important quotes from the team. Um, so what we think is like the most impactful or that says the most about the coming season or the players. Um, and then speaking of the coming season, we're going to try to predict Kristaps uh, Porzingis' production by using a little math. We're going to look at NBA players who have torn their ACL in the past and then try to get an idea of what Porzingis will do in his first season back based on what those players did their first season back. It's going to be interesting. We'll dig into that. Um, but first, I want to share a cool announcement, not the intro yet. Um, just a few days ago, we launched our official website, dallashoopscast.com. You can visit it now or um, preferably after you listen to this episode. Um, it's www.dallashoopscast.com. So I want to kind of discuss it a little bit. First of all, why did we start this site and what will you find there? So the goal of dallashoopscast.com is really the same goal that we had when we started this podcast. We wanted to make something that was everything we looked for in a Mavs podcast. So ad-free, fueled by fan emotion, which I think you guys have noticed a little biased sometimes, but focus solely on the Mavericks and just fun to listen to. And so that's the same goal of DallasHoopsCast.com. We wanted to build a Mavericks blog that was everything we would want it to be. So again, it's ad-free. It's designed with fans in mind. Um, our editorial mission is to celebrate the Mavericks past, present, and future in ways MFFLs will love. So go to the site and take a look around. I think you'll see that goal and that mission played out throughout the entire website. But what will you find on DallasHoopsCast.com? So you'll be able to read exclusive in-depth articles like the one we're going to talk about um, with Porzingis in this episode. You can listen to new episodes of our podcast and catch up on news. Now, this is not a news site. There are tons of great news, Mavericks news sites out there. We're not trying to compete with them. This is a fan-driven blog. So we're going to dig into the Mavericks and deliver the kind of quality and depth of coverage that I think you've come to expect from this podcast. Um, so that's that's what you can expect. That's why we made it. Really, in order to understand the kind of experience that I'm trying to describe here, you really just have to go visit it. So bookmark Dallas, DallasHoopsCast.com, follow the site on Twitter at DallasHoopsCast, and subscribe to the Dallas HoopsCast newsletter if you're not on Twitter, but you still want to know whenever we publish new articles and, and new episodes. You can also follow me on Twitter at underscore Sydney Myers. And oh, we got to the intro now. Yeah. Yes, okay. <laughs> and uh, subscribe nice, to the YouTube smooth, channel. Yeah, smooth Dallas transition. HoopsCast. So yeah, that's the site, dallashoopscast.com. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, you, you can just you, you just go visit it. I'm not going to talk about it anymore, but I'm excited about it. Go visit it and and let us know what you think. If you have any feedback or if you run into like problems or something's not working or anything like that, send us a message or um, there's a contact form. You can fill that out. Let us know. That way we can kind of dig into it and fix it. But let, let's get to the episode. All right, let's do it. Okay. I feel like that was kind of a, a little bit longer of an intro than we usually do, but 
That's saying something. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was good. Oh, also, remember, wherever you're listening, please leave a rating or review. We appreciate it very much. Can't forget that. Okay. Uh, that's some okay, now biggest let's part get of the, the intro. Th- now let's get to the episode. Okay. So... Um, Mavs Media Day was Monday, and obviously there was there was a ton of coverage, and so I really just wanted to talk about the five most important quotes from Media Day. You know, before you even get into it, that's actually quite hard because... To pick the f- only five? Well, only five, and also because it seems like every other question was... Luca and Porzingis, how are they going to play together? Yeah, or are you guys excited for this season? Yeah. Oh, no. No. No, we're not. Thank you for, for asking me that stupid question. So. Yeah, so, um, but I think the first thing that you wanted to get into was Carlisle's comments on Luca's. So let me read the quote since mm-hmm. that's the, the shtick here. Um, important quote. So Carlisle on Luca's stats possibly going down. He said, last year was a stat-driven year because of the situation we were in, because he was in a, in a big, statistically-driven rookie of the year uh, race. This year is going to be different. He's playing with more players. He's playing with another star-caliber player, with Porzingis. So the dynamics of stats are going to be way different. There are going to be a lot of guys that are double-figure scorers on this team. His stats may go down. He that like different order than what he said that, mm-hmm. but basically his stats might go down because he's playing with better players. Well, the first part though, he says that uh, almost like they were stat padding. Yeah, so they wanted him I to win rookie too. of the year. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I love that because <laughs> well, he should have won rookie of the year. They did the right thing, but yeah. I'm just saying like, you know, my biggest concern is where he says his stats might go down. And that scares me a yeah, little bit. Yeah. I understand Carlisle is all about team basketball and, and balance flow and, and flow and all that. It. You know, but as a player, you also do have individual achievements you would yeah. like to have. And I don't think in Luca's second year that he's wants to sacrifice all yeah. of his individual achievements that he potentially could get. Especially yeah. when they're not really going to win a championship this year. Now, if this was like year seven and they had a, yeah. a superstar team, okay, instead of averaging mm-hmm. 21, 6, and 7, he averaged 18, 7, and 7 or whatever. Okay, that's fine. But just the very next year, we're already talking about his stats may not be as good. That I concerns mean, me a little bit. And we used to think this, like, man, how many points could Dirk could have, have scored? scored yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, how many other accolades could he have? Or... Um, you know, and this is what we were saying about Lucas' stats is that because of Carlisle's offense, no one is really going to average more than 24 points a game. Mm-hmm. And that was Dirk, who averaged 24, and he's one of the greatest of all time. And he happened to be extremely efficient. So for Luca, Because he didn't get very many shots. Yeah, he had to be yeah. efficient. But, you know, outside of one of the greatest players of all time, in Carlisle's offense, no one's really going to average a ton of points. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because he talks about that's really the best way to win. But... They've lost a lot of games. Yeah. Well, and not just that, but in, in 2011, in the playoffs... Dirk averaged like 28 points a game. So yeah. clearly you need that guy. And they pretty much just gave, gave it him to the him ball, Especially at the, the end of the game. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I understand there were years, there have been years where we were so frustrated with Carlisle's offense because mm-hmm. we would like just give the ball yeah. to Dirk. It was so frustrating watching 
whoever out there yeah. take shots. And I, it made me nervous about this <laughs> year because it's like just if it's not Luca shooting, it should be Porzingis. Yeah. And if one of them two don't get an open shot, then somebody else can get it. We shouldn't be running a bunch of pick and roll with anybody else, really. Well, Berea brought up a good point. So Berea commented on the same thing. He said um, about Luca's performance, that's going to be on him. He's go- He knows it's going to be a tough year. They're really going to go after him this year. But if somebody could jump pretty quickly to that level, it could be him. So, like, defenses. He's completely scouted, and so they're going to load up on him. One, because they know how good he is, and also because the Mavericks are going to be better. And so teams just already know they have to play better against the Mavs, but particularly yeah. Luka. I mean, I felt like they did that towards the second half of the season anyways. Um, I mean, he had Paul George guarding mm-hmm. him and Kawhi and Pascal and and all that. Pascal? Pascal. <laughs> um you know, so I, I don't know if that is going to be, if anything, it'll be easier because Porzingis will be out there and uh, yeah. they'll have to help off of Luca. If they don't, then Porzingis is going to kill them. Yeah. So it just made me nervous because, you know, yes, yesterday, uh, yesterday, last season was fun because Luca had the ball a lot. And yeah. now we know why, because they were trying to get him to win rookie of the year. But if we can look back in the short history of Carlisle, there have been some very frustrating moments because we're like, why are we running this offense play through Wesley Matthews through anybody or else? Yeah, just name of, a play, yeah. name a random Maverick yes. that we're going to instead of Dirk. and and yeah. I just don't want Luca to have to sacrifice his individual achievements so we can potentially get the eighth playoff spot. Yeah, or you know, like we said, I think last year. Um, or just in years past that, you know, Carlisle didn't want to ride dirt too much. So he didn't want to play him, you know, 40 minutes a game or have him take 30 shots, you know, and we got all of that. But there were some times where just give him a few more shots, but he didn't want to, you know, put too much of a load on him. And it's like, yeah, but you're sacrificing wins. Like, I hate to lose this game and at the end of the year we're not in the playoffs but at least Dirk didn't take too many shots yeah you know, like I understand managing minutes I'm okay with that but I think he's 20 years old yeah okay so if he were 33 it'd be different. you got a different yeah. you know different story but so that's quote number one it made me nervous yes I agree and that might be a storyline in the season but I'm gonna try not to harp on it too much because I just don't want to anymore. Like, there's so many things that Carlisle does that's frustrating to me, but it's just the way he is. It's mm-hmm. the way that he coaches the team. He's well, the coach. And and I know this shouldn't bother me, but it kind of does, and that's the everybody says Luca's already hit his ceiling. Oh, every, outside, yeah, yeah. yeah. Outside, you know, they're always, yeah, but he ain't going to get any better because yeah. he hit his ceiling or whatever, all yeah. that. And if he comes into next year averaging 18, 6, and 6, then that's going to be the storyline. And I just don't want that. Like, yeah. I, you know. Well, and Carlisle said, you know, that's what sucks is that so many people rate players based, based on off their stats. stats. Yeah. But I mean, it's like he averaged 21 points. I think it's possible to average that or more than that, even in Carlisle's system. I mean, we'll see. But look, if if Durant and Steph Curry can both average 26, 27 well, they're points they're extremely a game, efficient, though. Yeah, it will, I mean, it'll be up to Luca. Is he going to be an efficient player? So I think you know, in terms of important quotes, this is one that I think will. It says a lot about the season. Another thing, though, Luca is not Dirk. 
Luca will mm, complain insightful. if he doesn't get the ball. Maybe. I mean, he did it in his, okay, against early on in the season, in his rookie year, in a game against the Spurs in San Antonio, he wasn't getting the ball. Oh, that was the one when I yes. posted that video. Yes. And then so Give he. Give me the freaking ball. Yes. It's yeah. not as nice though. Yeah. And that's like, at first 20 games of his rookie year and yeah. he's already complaining that he better have the ball. And so yeah. he's not like Dirk, where know, he, Dirk's like, just gonna. Uh, he, I know that he says he's about team winning. Yeah, he did but, say like whatever the coach says, he's a coach. That's what he's gonna. Yes, do. but if you're not winning, yeah, I mean, and he's not getting the ball. Yeah, he's not gonna just stand there, but like, oh, whatever the coach <laughs> wants to do. No, he's gonna give me the freaking ball. I'll make a play happen. I think they'll be winning though. Just yeah. and, and and we'll we'll get into that in actually. Let's just go into it now. Um, on expectations. So we watched, we just watched the um, Carlisle's press conference yesterday, uh, obviously Mavs Media Day. Um, and I got to tell you, like, he sounds excited, like, pretty mm-hmm. much as excited as Carlisle can sound, but he sounded like really optimistic about the season. Like, he was gushing about Luca, about all of the players, really, about how good they can be, the fit, the camaraderie the chemistry like you know as a coach you want to be careful about setting those kind of expectations but he seemed all into it like he's really and all of them are yeah i I think the last time i saw him like that was the last year of monte Mm -hmm. going into that that season where we had tyson yeah we had chandler parsons dirk monte and jameer nelson was a starter before the the dumb trade of ferrando yeah um he was like kind of the same way he really liked his team and they started out 27 and 12 or something that season yeah he's so here's the quote um and this i think is actually just kind of spread out over a whole press conference but he said people are justifiably excited we're excited internally a big part of my job is to manage expectations on a day-to-day basis but i'll just say that the excitement is justified this is going to be a fun team to watch. This is going to be a fun team to watch develop over time. The really exciting part of it is the depth we have at all positions. And then he just, like I said, went on and on about Porzingis and Luca mm-hmm. and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jalen Brunson. I mean, he obviously has high expectations. Now, no one is saying like no one's putting a number on what those expectations are. We've talked about you know, possibly 42 wins, 41, maybe even 50 wins. After watching like all of these press conferences, now I'm like, well, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like everyone is so excited, but it was interesting to hear him be that excited about the team. Yeah. Um, Is this one of our main quotes? Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I agree. I I think um, he's right. We have every reason to be excited. I mean, we have, how long have we been waiting for, Luca and KP to see them on the court together in that first preseason game. Yeah. We're going to be watching it, watching every minute to see the first pick and roll in his yeah. preseason. Yeah. You know, so we're so excited. Uh, well, and it's not on. even just seeing Luca and KP, but just how long have we been waiting Basketball. for the next generation? Yeah. You know, Dirk really so since weird. 2011. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, Dirk is gone. This is going to be. It's perfect timing. Yeah. It, it's too early and it just. It wouldn't feel right, but now it's it's just the perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about it. He talked. One thing that he talked about was having depth at all positions, and he talked a lot about um, Justin Jackson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and I gotta say, I think he must 
see things in them that I just don't see. <laughs> and and that's fair because he sees more of them. Like he sees them in practice and he sees what they've been working on. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be that positive. You can't yeah. go out there and be like, well, we, we really well, don't have any depth at our small forward position. Say, and you have those two I mean, players standing right there. Not that he would say that, but just, he just wouldn't don't be gushing say anything. Over him, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, it's like I've said before, I'm both of them seem like nice players. <laughs> they're nice players, but they seem like they work hard, they're coachable. So I'm willing to let's start the season fresh and see what they can do. I do think that they don't have depth at all positions, but I guess we'll see. But it was yep. it was cool to see that much excitement really from everyone. Well, the the last couple of years have sucked for him. I mean, he's one of the I best know. coaches in the league. Yeah. And he's coaching this 24 and 58 Mavs team. Yeah. Um, and really just for several years, it's mm-hmm. been it's been kind of tough. And a lot of them, a lot of the players, I can't tell you how many times I heard the word playoffs. Every player playoffs. was like, <laughs> I think we can make the playoffs. We want to make the playoffs. That's our goal is to make the playoffs. Like they're clearly, it's not just, you know, oh, it- we have a young core. Let's see what we can do or let's win as many as possible. But it's like, no, we we plan on making the playoffs this year. They said the same thing last year. Yeah. And like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, obviously, every team but, wants to make you know, the playoffs. Be- before but- all the trade, you know, where we traded half the team, um, we weren't that far out. And there was a period of time there where the Mavericks were 15 and 11 and they were like fifth or something yeah. in the West. So they were in the playoff conversation. Okay, so third most important quote from Mavs Media Day, Luca on life after Dirk. He said, Dirk's been here 21 years. I want to stay here and follow Dirk's steps. Building a winning culture is important. We want to go to the playoffs, and I think we can. That's my goal this season. The whole team is excited about this season. And later on, he said, basically, he wants to be here for as long as the team will have him. Which, I mean... You know, not saying that's not going to change, but I like his well, outlook. Well, it's, it's funny because it's kind of like you can take a breath. Like, yeah. oh, okay, you know, and it may not yeah. be true, but at least you don't I mean, have it's, that it's constantly. Right now, yeah, yeah. It's constantly hanging over everybody's head. Is Luca yeah. going to leave? Is Luca going to leave? Yeah. And uh, at least he's saying, look, as long as they want me, I'll stay. Yeah. Honestly, it made me feel good because I was like, oh, okay, we don't have to worry about him. Yeah. You know, maybe he will stay here for the majority of his career. Well, there's always the political statement or a politically correct statement of like, well, I want I want to win. So as long as, you know, we have a winning team, I want to be a part of that. You know, basically saying I'm here as long as it works for me. <laughs> but he didn't say that. He just said... As I want to be they here. want me. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was good. Um, I mean, he's only in his second year, so we have at least a few years before. I, you I know, think seven is typically yeah. the amount of years you have. you have your have rookie from, contract, yeah. and then you usually just you get your rookie extend extension. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Fourth most important. Oh, this was interesting. Carlisle on Porzingis load management. He said, I don't think we'll play him back to back. My understanding is that he's able to participate in training camp without limitations. I think it's conceivable that back-to-backs will be something we look at early in the season, not playing him in back-to-backs, but I don't know for sure. Uh, I don't know how he's going to be feeling at that point. He may be insisting on playing, but I do believe in his case and in the case of any player like that, you're going to err on the side of caution. So, Yeah, I, I watched uh, Porzingis answer the same question. Yeah. And 
the whole thought of load management, it, and it's almost like uh, the whole organization, all the fans, everybody was like, he needs to sit 15 yeah. games or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And when he was asked that question, he really wasn't a big fan. Hmm. Like he, his goal was to play all 82 games. Yeah. That was the whole point. Of, of sitting his, out for two years. Yes, <laughs> and building his body and correcting yeah. it so his body could handle a full season. Now, yeah. he did leave it open that if as the season progresses and it becomes necessary, then yeah. yeah. But in his mind, he, does, he doesn't want to hear the term load management. Like he, he wants to play all 82 games. That may change. But I think that was his whole point of putting in all this work that he's done to get his body to where it's at so he can do that. And the last thing he wants to hear right now is load management. Yeah. I mean, I know he talked about how he wanted to play last season, but he wanted to come back completely 100%. Um, And so, yeah, I think to your point, like the point of that was so that he could play without having to worry about his knee or am I playing too much or how's mm-hmm. everything holding up? Like he put on a lot of weight. Uh, he said he came in as a rookie at 223 pounds. He now weighs 242 pounds. Our, let's, I'll move on to our fifth important quote because it's on okay. the same thing. Um, so Carlisle talking about building strength uh, with uh, Porzingis, he said, basically it's not enough to just be strong. You have to have strength in ways that put you in a position to be better balanced with mm-hmm. everything that you're doing. Um, and yes, that helps your skill set. It helps your game, but it also helps you to be in a position to land better and and hopefully be in a position to prevent certain types of injuries. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah. Go ahead. that was, I think, the whole point of everything that, that they worked on was that very purpose to, to change a lot of that stuff. So when he does land, his knees aren't bent and his ankles aren't all bent all awkwardly. He lands the right way. He's got strength in areas that they need to have strength so that way one tendon or one yeah. muscle doesn't take too much pressure whenever he moves. That was the whole point of everything. So hopefully it will actually work and yeah. he won't have injury problems. Yeah, and he talked about it. Um, Carlisle talked about it, but just the way that they like what his rehab actually was and how much mm-hmm. they worked on it on, you know, uh, Porzingis talked about not just putting on muscle, but really figuring out his body and the balance and how he needed to move. And like you were saying, what muscle he needed in what yeah, places. Yeah. And and so I think having that kind of, like that's a really, I don't know what structured, it's a really detail-oriented rehab. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, the point of that was so that he could, play and not have a season of extra rehab yeah and we were talking before and uh, about how this whole new age approach to health and your body and and making sure everything's right when you're playing basketball your diet Mm -hmm. the way you move it's really kind of a new thing that's happened over the last couple of years porzingis is really kind of the the guinea pig here to see if it really does work because here you have a player that did have a lot of injury problems, was out, missed a lot of time for various things. And now he put in this whole new approach and changed everything that he was doing. So it'll be a good test really to see if it works going forward. So if you have another player that has a serious injury, you can kind of talk about the same thing with them. Yeah. Speaking of which, so those were the five important quotes from Mavs Media Day, things that 
I think, kind of say a lot about what we can expect this season. But speaking of Porzingis rehab, I want to get into our next topic, which is that. Basically, what can we expect from Kristaps this season after not playing NBA basketball for 20 months. I mean, that's that's almost two years. And so this is um, actually one of the first articles that we published on DallasHoopsCast.com. So you can go read the full article there. Um, but basically what we did was we took data from every single player that tore his ACL in the NBA and compared their stats from before the injury to the season that they came back. So there have been 99 players uh, 99 NBA players who torn their ACL since 1970. We narrowed when we did this uh, research, I guess we narrowed that list down to 69. We took out some players who they weren't actually in the NBA yet. Um, some of them never played a game again after their ACL injury, not because it's career ending, just because they were older or they were averaging like five minutes a game anyways. Um, so we got the list down to 69 and we looked at the stats before their injury and then the season they came back. So it's not a it's not a career projection. It's just a this year. The very year. first season. Yeah, yeah, just this year. What can we expect? And we broke... Martin made an excellent Power BI report. It's It was amazing. But we broke it down into four segments. We're going to talk about one of those segments. You can read about um, the data for the other three segments um, on the blog in the article. But um, one of the segments is the tallest players. So Porzingis is actually the tallest player to tear his ACL. So the next few tallest players, how did they fare when they came back? And then we just looked at the data from all the players. And then we broke it down to players that were under 22 at the time of their injury and players that were under 25 at the time of their injury. Porzingis was 22, so it's kind of the same age group. Um, so those first three segments, the tallest players, all of the players, and under 22, you can read um, and see the data, the differences in the article. We're going to talk about the players that were age 25 or under when they tore their ACL. And so the season that they came back, here were the averages of how their game was impacted. So minutes per game declined by 12%. Points per game declined by 19.6%. Rebounds per game declined by 13%. Assists per game declined by 14.3%. Blocks per game declined by 20%. And field goal percentage declined by 5.1%. So right off the bat, there were declines in every category. Mm -hmm. Was that surprising to you? Or like, was any of that worrying or you didn't think it was going to be like that? Or was it worse than you thought it would be? Well, I didn't really know what it was going to be. I I was a little discouraged, I guess, when I saw (laughs) that basically every statistical category was a negative compared to pre-injury. So I was so excited, you know, like, (laughs) oh, no, he's not going to have any problems. He's going to come right back in and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But there is a real chance that he maybe doesn't struggle, but he hasn't returned to the 22.7 guy that we yeah. saw the, the, the all-star that we saw before the Mavericks got him. And you're probably looking at more like 18 a game yeah. and 30 minutes a game. Yeah. And honestly, like there's so many things about Porzingis that make him actually unique. Yeah. Like and not just saying that he's unique, but he actually is unique in this situation. So like I said earlier, he's the tallest player ever to tear his ACL, mm-hmm. which I think is 
what are the odds? Um, he's 7'3". The next tallest were Robert Swift and Jerome James, who were 7'1". Um, he's also pretty young. He's 22. I think it was 16. 16 of those 99 players were, or 16 of the 69 players were 22 or younger when they tore their ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also going to be on a completely different team this year. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that make him unique. So it's like, to a certain extent, this data does apply to him, but there's just so many well, things that are different. You know, when you looked at the numbers in the in the article for the players that are 22 and younger, yeah. they actually came back and had a normal career. Yeah, I mean a like, small sample size, yes, but but they, I think all of them really had a, a regular career after that. If they were good beforehand, they were good after. Yeah. Um, the other difference is this isn't technically. Luca's first year back. I mean, it's his first year playing. What I say, Luca. Luca, yeah. (laughs) Just can't get him out of my head. So Porzingis is—it's not really his. I mean, I know it's his first year playing basketball, but it's not his first year after the injury that he sat out two years. So these players—they didn't sit out that additional year. This is all right after they were cleared to play. And I read or, or heard or something, I saw an article or something about a doctor who said that someone that tears their ACL, really, you should take two years off because your knee just doesn't fully recover until after two years. And that's essentially what Porzingis yeah. did. So I think that uh, that may impact the numbers. We may not see the dip. At least yeah. I'm hoping we don't. Yeah. I mean, I think only a few of these players... Well, most of them obviously sat at a full season. Some of them didn't miss a full right. season, though. Yeah. But most of them missed a full season. Some of them uh, played overseas for a year, but then it was very few. Like the majority mm-hmm. of them, yeah, missed a full season. So again, he's unique in that way, in that he was out for twenty months. Um, and the the technology and the, the way we understand yeah. health is so much different nowadays than when it. I mean, it used to be a career-ending injury. Yeah. Now players can come back in six months, just like the Achilles used to be yeah. a career-ending injury. Now players can come back and play through that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like I mentioned, some guys never came back after the injury. Well, a few of those guys were like some of the first few guys mm-hmm. to have this injury. And so, you know, back in that decade, the 70s and 80s, it just you just didn't come back from it. I think so, the first one to have that kind of comeback were, was Earl Monroe. What we learned from this okay. is that next time you go to the court to play pickup games, okay. and there's always that guy there that says, yeah, <laughs> I could have went pro, but man, I blew out my knee. Tore my ACL. <laughs> That's a lie, because they can come back <laughs> from that. Totally. Well, that is not a career-ending injury. If you have access to good medical you know, training staff. Killing the joke here. I'm just saying. Yeah, you killed the joke. It it was funny until you... It was funny until you think about it logically, honestly. So, anyways... Well, that's all, everybody. I hope uh, you can follow us on Twitter, on no, Facebook, I'm not and YouTube. Done yet. So, Tinder. if you, the data that I said earlier of how all all that stuff declined, if you apply that those numbers, if you apply that research to Porzingis, taking what he averaged before and applying those percentages, here's what we could expect this season from Porzingis. From Porzingis, twenty-eight and a half minutes per game. So. I think right at about 30 minutes, maybe. I was thinking 30, 32 minutes a game. Um, 18.3 points per game, which I think in a few episodes back, we were talking about this, and I think you said you know probably 18, 19 Mm -hmm. points. 
5.7 rebounds. That's a little lower than I would like. For yeah. a 7-3 guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one assist per game, 1.9 blocks per game, 41.6% shooting. So honestly, it's not bad. Well, it's but there's not, some like the rebounding that, and the shooting. I would like to be higher. I was gonna say I don't think you count that as a successful year. I think that would be kind of a disappointing year. Yeah, um, the rebounding particularly, and if yeah. he shoots below forty two percent. Yeah, I think his shooting is gonna be high, only because of the way Carlisle always gets open shots yeah. for anybody, and so he's never gonna really shoot a contested shot. Yeah, he's gonna be shooting open jumpers. So I think his shooting percentages will be fine. My prediction personally is going to be 21 a game. Wow. 32 minutes below 32 minutes over under okay. under. Okay. Um, six re seven. I like how you gave yourself your own under, under, yes, over yes, under yes, and then you under, took the under. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to say seven rebounds. I think part of him building the strength was mm-hmm. to be a better rebounder. So I actually for some reason think he's going to be a really high rebound guy this year. I don't know why. It's but just because I want him to because I'm biased. Yeah. Luca is a high rebound guy. Um and his blocks will be I think at 2 a game. Yeah, 1.9. Yeah. yeah. I I mean I think he was averaging 22.7 before. I think if he got to 20, I'd be happy with that. I'd like for him to shoot around 44%. I and him. I like the 7 rebounds again. Yeah, like I think uh, a good number for him would be above 45 like 47 percent would be yeah a really good number well, because if, ultimately he should be around 50 because of the kind of shots that he's he shoots well that's true yeah. yeah so um anyways this was pretty interesting the all the data is there and it's going to be interesting to look back at the end of the season or halfway through the season to see if the data plays out like if the research plays out based on the averages but again i hope not (laughs) yeah i mean but like you said if you look at the segment for guys that were 22 or younger that uh those numbers are different if you look at guys that are just all of the players that tells a different story so there's a couple of different ways that you can create the projection you can see all of the numbers we took Um, the averages from the players of that segment and then applied that to porzingis so there's actually a few um, projections for Porzingis that you can see in that article. It's on DallasHoopsCast.com. The article also goes into, um, like, should the Mavs be worried about his injury history? Will his height play a role? There's a stat on tall players from 538.com that talks about, you know, do taller players have more injuries? Uh, does the Knicks training staff suck? I think we assume every part of that organization sucks because it's the Knicks. So mm-hmm. kind of goes into that to see what role they might have played. One interesting quote, this this quote just really struck me whenever I was writing this. Um, I found this guy, Jeff Stotts. He's a certified athletic trainer. He runs the site InStreetClothes.com. So talking about the Knicks training staff and like, did they play a role in... Um, Porzingis is having all these injuries and eventually tearing his ACL. This guy, Jeff Stotts, he said, it would be irresponsible to ignore the fact that he's had a left quad injury, a left hip injury, a left IT band injury, all of these things in the left. Maybe there's something going on with that left kinetic chain. You got to make sure that these seemingly minor things aren't all connected and result in something major. He actually said that in 2016 which was two years before Porzingis tore his ACL in his left knee, which I thought was 
fascinating mm-hmm. to be able to see that ahead of time. And it really did play out. And that's part of what we were talking about earlier, how with Porzingis, it's not just putting on more muscle. Like there's definitely something going on with his body that mm-hmm. he needed to fix. And I think and, he recognized, yeah. well, he even said that himself. Yeah, um, he's talked about movement and yeah, balance yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that. Um, so that was one thing in writing that, that when I read that quote, I was like, man, it just, it really stood out to me. Um, and this guy, Jeff Stotts, he also talked about how Porzingis might have to change his playing style. Like before he was really mobile and running all over the place and maybe he'll have to rely on that strength a little more and, and play more in the post. I don't know if Carlisle's going to do that, but he's definitely going to have to change something like the way that he moved, Well, even would, if he is doing the same thing. He was really good with those rebound putback dunks. Yeah. And as exciting as they are... They're a little dangerous. Yeah. yeah. You might as well just, just go ahead and not do it. Yeah. You know? Like, you don't want to risk tearing an ACL so you can dunk on LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah. So anyways, um, it was really interesting to write it and to do the research. You can read the whole thing on DallasHoopsCast.com. Um, and let us know what you think about the quotes that we shared earlier, the article. You can leave a comment there. Or you can send us a message on Twitter. What do you expect from Porzingis this year? Um, Which one of those projections do you think we'll see play out? Let us know what you think. Um, That's all for this episode. We're into season three now of the show, and I'm I'm excited about this season. Final prediction for wins. 50. I think I'm going to be with you on that. Maybe 70. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, um, thanks guys for listening and we'll see you guys the next episode. Bye. You look really tired. I am. Do you want to say? <laughs>